Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the Wealthy Woman movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Oh my goodness. Hello, wealthy women and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to chat with Emily King today. Welcome, Emily, to the show. Hi, Erin. <laughs> Emily is one of my dear friends. She is a money mindset and business mentor who's been helping entrepreneurs since 2015. Wow, no, I'm an old lady now. She helps to create financial freedom and normalize being extraordinary. So today we're going to get to jump into a really fun conversation. In fact, Emily and I don't even know the conversation that's fully to unfold because we have gone unscripted. Let's get on the mic and just share together. Just so before it. we jump into whatever this magic is going to be, will you just share a little bit more like about you, Emily, what you do in your business, who you are outside of business? Let's just get to know you for those who maybe don't know who you are. Yeah. So I'm a Canadian, <laughs> born and bred up north in Newfoundland, Canada. I'm a mama of a one and a half year old, a wife to a wonderful hubby, Justin. And as Aaron said, I've been doing this gig since 2015 as a money mindset coach and business mentor. And it's one of my passions to help women grow profitable businesses. A couple months ago on Instagram, and somebody said, she said, we are the first generation of women who are making money. And I know that's kind of like a generalization there, but think about it. Like all the previous generations, it was like the men went and did the work. And okay, if the women did, they weren't like the, the bring home the bacon kind of thing. So this is a huge deal. And so I am here for it. I'm here to show up and help women like step into that, embrace it, without shame, without, is this too much? Like all that kind of stuff. Like I'm here to say, hell yeah, let's be the rich woman that we came here to be and embrace that and all of its goodness. And let's go do good in the world with our gift. Because at the end of the day, if you are not making money in your business, it's not a business, it's an expensive hobby. So I'm here to make sure that people got like money top of mind, got their finger on the pulse and they are making money in their business and doing what they love. I love it. You and I, and this is why like, you and I make so much sense together and like we vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so many levels because I say the same freaking stuff. Like we're doing, it's just so true. Like I talk about how much has changed in history 
with women and their relationship to money. And some of the stats, like the fact that like a woman didn't couldn't even open her own credit card until the 1970s without a man signing. That's less than 100 years ago, Emily. It's crazy. Let me, okay, I was visiting my grandmother the weekend. She's 93. She was a stewardess for what used to be at the time, I think it was like Trans Canada Airways, which was like one of the only airways that traveled in Canada at the time. Back then you had to be a nurse in order to be a stewardess and you had to be under 130 pounds. You had to be under five foot seven and a half. You did two months of training and they flew in a model from New York to show you how to walk down the galley. And then if you got married, you had to stop working. Yeah. So she shared that with me the weekend. She was like, oh, working with the airlines isn't what it used to be back in the day. And she told me that. And I was like, what? what did that like do for you in your head? Like, where did you go as you process that information, especially doing the work that you do with women? Livid <laughs> like, rage of like, I can't, and especially that, oh, once you got married, you weren't allowed to work anymore. This is what we're talking about. This is like for my 93 year old grandmother. This is what she lived through. And she's a very independent, strong willed, like strong headed person. And that was just the norm. It's crazy. And what's so exciting is you and I get to work with not only this time in history, but with women who are showing the F up for themselves and being like, I'll go into the marketplace and I'm going to claim money for my service or for my product. And as entrepreneurs, we have the ability to make the most money. We really do. Like we're not tied to some sort of specific salary. Our time is not spoken for. Like we get to go generate more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So Emily, I feel like you're such a good balance of you've got the masculine energy, you've got the leg go like this the strategy, but you also have the woo. You have a nickname, the money godmother. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. And tell us how you integrate both of those parts of you, like having an MBA, but also ha- having NLP coaching certification. Mm-hmm. You like coach women around this and what's your sort of specific with having the woo going on, but also like some of that more masculine energy. How the two kind of came to merge and become one. For years, I was talking to talk and not walking to walk, which I don't know if you know this story, but I had been doing a lot of mindset work. And then in January, so January to August of 2016, I had made $97 in my business. And I had been like talking, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to like all these things I was going to do. I even went to the Tony Robbins like event and was like, rah, rah, I'm going to change my life. Anyways, <laughs> rah, rah, I'm going to change my life. <laughs> August comes and I'm like, what? The actual F, like I have not done anything that I said I was going to do. And yet I've been journaling and meditating and all the things anyways. So in August, I got serious. I was like, okay, I have to get a new client before the end of the month or I'm shutting down my business. I went, I started taking action. So it was like the masculine was like coming out. I'm here, I'm claiming my place. And I chose me. I stopped waiting to feel enough. Like I stopped waiting to be like, oh, this person's doing it better than me. And oh, they just did this challenge and it looks good. It's like, no, I started to choose me. And I realized that this is like one of my signature sayings is mindset without action is BS. If you don't have the two combined, you might as well just be talking to your dog about what you want to go do. 
And not only that, so I, I had been doing the mindset work and then I finally combined it with the action. And it was like, I was, it was like, I had that. That's why one of my client call me the money godmother, because I built such a solid foundation in trust and intuition and connection with what we were just talking about before. This was like connection with God and like checking in of that connection and that inspiration. And then led with the masculine of the actual like action taking and the doing it's, it's magnetic for more. It's magnetic to what you want. And so when I work with my clients in time, um, they were really struggling. And so I helped them get back into that, like more feminine energy. Cause they were do they're very much doers like go. And I was like, okay, let's take a step back and come back into the trust and the faith and the vision and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it just, it felt like, poof. Like I could make magical things appear because the money, the clients, that kind of stuff started showing up for them. And that's why they like joked with me on our session. They're like, you're like money. Godmother. Like whenever I talk to you, there's more money appears. I'm like, yes, because like we merged the two. Talk more about the merging of the two, because you know me offline and you know that I tend to lean towards the masculine more. I'm like, okay, I work hard. I get money. I make a beautiful home. I buy the right property. I tend to be a little more on that side. And I know a lot of people listening will probably resonate with that. Like, how does this work? You just get into feminine flow energy and all of a sudden more coaching clients come to you or you sell more or whatever. Can you either tap into the story of that particular client or like your own? Give me some like real tangible examples of how does that work? How does that work, money godmother? Tell us. Here's the thing is that as humans, we have to use our logical mind for a lot of our day-to-day decisions and things that we do. And we talk ourselves out of the illogical a lot or the irrational or that could never happen. I do vision boards every year and I update them and that kind of stuff. And vision boards, if anyone doesn't know, is you basically get a poster board or something like that. And you put on it like pictures of things you want to have happen in your life. Could be travel or kids or wedding of your dreams, whatever it is. So here I am, there's a world renowned hotel. And it at the time, and it's gone up since then, but at the time it was $2,000 a night to stay there. And you had to stay for a minimum of two nights. So you're looking at like, with like taxes and all that kind of stuff, like travel close to 5,000 bucks just to stay at this hotel for two nights. It was a dream of mine to stay there. It is. So it it gives me like James Bond vibes. It's like very isolated. Like the whole hotel's like on stilts on the ocean. It is crazy cool, vibey. Anyhow, if I was in the logical, what can happen for me? What's available to me? That picture wouldn't even have gone up on my vision board. And I almost talked myself out of it. So I was like, that'll never happen. And even if I'm making like millions, do I really want to spend $2,000 a night? That's a lot of money to spend on a hotel. Is that going to be that good? Blah, blah, blah. I was talking myself out of it, right? So I almost didn't put it up there. But anyways, I was like, you know what? Screw it. There's nothing to lose. Just put the damn picture up there. (laughs) So I put it up there. And I had it like in front of me. So the way my office was back then, it's like I had a chair in the corner that I would meditate on in the morning. And like basically right in front of me, the wall across me was my vision board. And one morning I'm sitting on my meditation chair and I remember it so specifically. Like I was sitting there, I opened my eyes after my meditation. I remember the picture of this hotel, like catching my eye and just thinking like, yeah, it'd be super cool to stay there one of these days. Anyway, at the time I was working a nine to five and I went into that job that day and I used to work in construction and who happened to call that day, but that hotel. Shut up. I kid you not. That hotel, the maintenance guy from that hotel calls. Long story short, they needed some parts and stuff to fix some things at their hotel. And I was like responsible for estimates and quotes and all that kind of stuff. So the idea then popped into my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, what if we did a swap? 
Like I gave them the parts and they gave me a stay at their hotel. And anyways, I was working for my dad at the time. And so I checked with him. I was like, are you cool if we do this? And like, that'll be like my bonus for the year, whatever. Like, (laughs) he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Anyways, I reached out to the hotel. I talked to their like accounts manager. Anyways, they're like, sure, we'll take the parts for free. And like, we'll give you, well, they gave me a two night stay at their hotel complimentary in the summertime when you're in, when in the summertime, you're actually supposed to stay there for three nights, but they let me do like the two night instead of having a three night minimum. Anyhow, I share that because this is how I think the first kind of seed to manifesting woo, all this like stuff is allowing yourself to have the vision, like giving yourself permission to even go there because so often we say no to ourselves before we even put one foot ahead. And just pause right there. Let's like pause yeah. right there. So I love us like breaking it down a little bit, right? My mask and steps. I love it. No, <laughs> but like the first one that you said, like allowing yourself to have the vision, like allowing yourself to even like tap into why do our brains naturally not want to let us to do that? Safety. I would say safety. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because Safety security. Our brains are designed to keep us safe. That's the whole function of the brain. Yeah. Keep us safe. Keep us secure. That's one of the foundational like needs of a human being is like our safety. And it's funny because sometimes that like I said earlier, like I, I realized like, what have I got to lose putting this up on the vision? Board? Yeah. So what is the scary part? Like if you really break it down, what's scary? Why does our brain do that? Like, why is it like that's scary to think that big. What is that? Do you think? I think it's just like conditioning of limits of this is a good point because I think this is important of poking the fear of asking yourself, what have I got to lose? What's the worst that can happen? Because if we don't question it, if we don't call it out, then we let it win. And so I think that's key is if you get that little like glimpse, that little like breath of a vision that comes to you. Trust that it's coming to you for a reason and trust that vibrational existence of you is out there, which is cool. It's like, ooh, like that me vibrationally like exists in the world. And it's, can you trust enough? That wasn't just like random chance that popped into your brain. Like trust that the universe wants or God wants this for you and knows better than you do. It's so funny. If you think about us as a human being, and are the, all the things that need to go on to keep you and I even just chatting right now, like our heart pumping, our brains working, like me knowing how to use my tongue and my lips, all the functions that are going in my brain, like that is a power far beyond we can even like fathom. And even from a more current time of the wildness of the miracle of what we're living in is like you and I can see each other on Zoom. You can hear my voice from thousands of miles away. How is this even possible? So (laughs) this is wild. This is wild. So it is ridiculous. Just pause for a moment. Think of what you're living in. Cell phones, Wi-Fi, Zoom, the podcast you're listening to now. Like, how is that coming into your AirBuds or AirPods, whatever it's called? Like, think about the wild and crazy things that are happening in this world. And you can't believe in a vision to go stay at a hotel. When you put it that way, Emily. And you can't believe in the power that is surrounding you, that keeps your heart beating, that keeps you breathing, that keeps your whole like system of a human body, like functioning like fairly well each day. Come on. Like you, you don't have that power to decide that like in a kind way. Like sometimes I like to take a moment and just go, who am I to question God? Who am I to be like, no, I don't think that's possible. Like I, I think it's like ungrateful. 
really it'd be like you've gotten like the most thoughtful gift like wrapped so well like maybe a really beautiful like handwritten card like you cannot wait to give it to the person and imagine like giving it to the person and then being like no I don't want to open it or I don't or even if they open it they're like I don't like it that's not for me like how like how soul crushing is that and that's what I feel we're doing with whatever people believe in God universe we're doing that sometimes on a daily basis of God universe is delivering us these beautiful gifts and all they need from us is trust. That's all they need from us. And one foot in front of the other of like, okay, you believe that in me. It's like, they give us the gift. We unwrap it. And instead of going, no, like you should have given that to someone else. Or are you sure you made the right decision and giving that to me? Just open it and say, thank you. Be in the appreciation and like the connectedness of that. Thank you so much for believing in me. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Thank you so much for trusting me with this vision. Wow. All right, cool. I'm going to take my next step. Thank you. That process is like, helps us not question when the vision does pop in because you were talking about how like this is breaking down manifesting and getting into the feminine energy getting into flow getting out of it and the first thing is like being willing to have the vision and being willing to put the vision on the board like you said in this example you decided to not like you you had the thought that's crazy that's ridiculous like i'm not even going to put it on my board you first of all you let yourself think of the vision and at least it came to consciousness enough to like oh I could put that on so that you got to allow that to happen and then you said no I'm what do I have to lose and you allowed yourself to have that conversation of poking the fear like you said like you have the vision and then you poke the fear behind the vision because it's always like so fake it's like I'm just so scared of what people will think what people there's no people watching you like let's just break that down right now you're so many of us women I'm just afraid. What do people think? Okay, let's just have a chat. Who's watching? Because likely they have enough of their own stuff going on and enough of their own. They're not watching you. You're living your whole life in fear of what others think and they're not even paying attention. It's terrible. Why do we do that? But anyways, going on with her, like you poke the fear. Like what's the real fear here? What's the real thing? Put it on the vision board. Like move through it and have almost like this total like 180 flip of like just gratitude. I love that, Emily. It's so beautiful. We get gratitude is good. Like we all know gratitude feels good, but I think it's actually underrated as a manifesting tool. And not only gratitude for the good, gratitude for the quote unquote bad. Say more about that. Because manifesting and being in flow doesn't, it doesn't, okay, when things don't feel in flow, it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It might actually mean that you're doing it really right. Because for example, a lot of people, what happens when they start to up level, so to speak, people use that term a lot and make big strides in their life. And maybe they're increasing their income and maybe they're getting a real estate investment property. And like, they're making all these big changes. There are going to be people that don't get it. So there's going to be uncomfortable conversations or maybe not even conversations, maybe just like people ghosting them out of nowhere. And it's not going to feel good at certain points in that journey. And if somebody thinks, what am I doing wrong? Like, why does it, why does this person not want to hang out with me? Or why do I not want to hang out with them anymore? Am I losing all my friends? Well, whatever it is, it's that's actually part of the deselection process. That's actually part of you stepping into this new, magnificent, wonderful person that you are not even new. Like she was already there, but it's just like letting her shine even more brightly. And for some people, they need to walk away from that. And yeah, coming back to like when things aren't working, even expressing gratitude for that 
of as hard as this is, God, I thank you for showing me who's really there for me. I thank you for giving me this hardship because it's building me the strength to really believe and go all in on myself. And actually a good friend of mine, she comes from a really small town in Newfoundland. She had nobody believing in her, no family, no friends, no like stranger, nobody believed in her. And like, even saying to her, like, and she was a teacher, like a very safe job, pension, that kind of stuff. And she was pursuing her coaching career. And people say, what are you throwing away? Something that was so wonderful. You're throwing away your pension, blah, 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 like all the naysayers. And I asked her recently, I said, what would you like, if you could go back in time and talk to your past self who was going through all that, what would you like to tell her? And she said, I would like to tell her, I know that it's hard, that nobody's believing in you right now, but I needed you to go through that to know that you first and foremost must believe in yourself in order to be where you're standing right now. So that hardship that people face, like if you can find the gratitude and the appreciation in that, like you're golden. Sail into that vision because nothing can stop you then. So beautiful. It's such a grounding thing. It puts so much in perspective. Like even that moment when you were like, talking about the fact that we can see each other and hear each other, we get caught up in these small challenges that we face. But then when we like really like tap into all of the goodness, like our heart beating, our lungs breathing, our eyes seeing, it's just wow. It's just like such a grounding perspective on how much goodness surrounds us. And and again, we have to do that because we have to remind our brains that we are safe and to look for the good, to train us to see the good, because we naturally see the challenge and the hardship, right? Because of yeah. that wiring in our brain. Okay, so you see the vision, you poke the fear. What else do we do? Yeah. Then what you do is you show up as best you can, taking the action steps as best you can from the place of it already being done. So like that vibrational essence of you already exists. If somebody out here is wanting to be more confident or wanting to sign on their next client or whatever it is, like wanting to increase their prices, like everyone I feel listening can agree that version of themselves exists in like, even in their imagination. Okay, can you close your eyes? Can you think of her or him? Can you feel them? Can you see what they're doing? Okay, if that exists, then how does she respond to this? How does she show up? What might she do today as an action step? And it's not like you got to take every single thing and change your life today on what you're going to do, but it's those little small changes, like the identity shifters, really. I am the woman who is wealthy. And because I'm a wealthy woman, I'm not freaking out about X, Y, Z. Like I am a wealthy woman. Like how does a wealthy woman respond to this? And even something as simple as I know for some of my clients, like being decisive about they, about what they want is really important. And actually there's, a, there's an amazing saying from Catherine Ponder. She says, when you get definite about prosperity, prosperity gets definite about you. It's like the energy exchange of like you claim what you want and what you want will claim you. It's like coming right for you. So if you want to be that decisive person, and I hosted an event last month where one of the women there, she was like, I'm the most indecisive person. I can't make a decision about anything. So it's like challenging that of, okay, that state of being is not going to get you very far. So what are you decisive about? So even if, okay, I figured out what I wanted to drink this morning with my breakfast, (laughs) I wanted apple juice. Perfect. You made a decision. Like I remember I wanted to tap into my intuition and this might sound silly. Like I'll stand in my closet and be like, what do I feel like wearing today? What What's going to light me up? What's going to feel good today? And I'll like literally feel like this morning I put on this gray sweater. I was like, nope, 
not feeling that one. Like I, I'm feeling this like fuzzy sweater I got on today. That's what I'm feeling. So it's like even these small things of checking in of like, where am I being decisive? Where am I being courageous? Where am I being brave? Because we can get stuck in such stories that don't align with the person we're desiring to become. And, and that's, it's just not going to help us get there in any way, shape or form. Do you have like some examples of times for you or with clients where they were doing it as if you already were that person? Like I know you've accomplished so much, Emily, and you've accomplished it. I think through claiming that space, claiming that vibration, saying I am already that person, even though in many ways you literally hadn't achieved that yet, but you were believing that you were that person. Yeah, I got a couple of good examples. I remember when I had done my first 100K year in my business and I got to the end of the year and I was like super stoked and I had like my sight set on, okay, I want to have a million dollar year now. And I was tapping into that version of me. Okay, what does her week look like? Like how many clients does she work with? What does she charge? Blah, blah, blah. And one thing that annoyed me so much was that I was doing my own bookkeeping and like accounting and that kind of stuff. And I was like, this millionaire me does not do this bookkeeping shenanigans. Like she does not go on her floor with all the bills and try to organize it and want to pull her hair out. So literally immediately when I tapped into what action step can I take? I was like, I can hire a bookkeeper ASAP. So literally sent an email to this accounting firm. I was like, I need you guys as of January 1st to take over my books and my monthly bookkeeping. Send me a quote. Let's have a meeting. Boom, done. Like literally since I think that was January of 2019, I haven't done my books since then. It's like one of the best investments I've made. So that was as a result of me tapping into what would millionaire me do, right? Or not do for that matter. I'm not doing my bookkeeping anymore. Another example is when, and this is for a lot of people, is increasing their prices, like either as coaches or service providers, like whether you like are an esthetician or you teach courses, whatever it is. I find a huge thing for people is raising their rates. And funny, I actually went a few years ago, I jumped my rates from, I've jumped them, like I doubled them overnight from $5,000 to $10,000 overnight. And it was very uncomfortable. But what I did was I closed my eyes and I envisioned and I felt into $10,000 being easy peasy, nothing to it. What would it feel like if I was confident selling my packages at $10,000 and not only feeling confident and people saying yes with ease and maybe even having a wait list? Tapping into that. So like I did that work and I remember, I still remember it. My first sales call I had with someone, it went really well. And she was the first person I was ever going to say, and my price for this package is $10,000. I remember like internally being like, oh my God, like dying inside, but still doing it anyway, still showing up confidently and saying it. And sure enough, she said yes. And the funny thing is I actually got booked out with my $10,000 rate when I changed it overnight versus when I was $5,000. Like I would have clients, but I was never fully booked out. What's that about, Em? I feel for me personally, it was was me fully stepping into what I really wanted. Once again, coming back to, I wouldn't claim the 10K before because I was like, my God, no one will pay that. Kind of like the hotel thing. Like I would never pay that, blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, I couldn't charge that. I need to get more like certifications. Who am I to charge that? There's people way better than me. Like all the excuses. So I wouldn't even go there. 
And then finally, when it got to the point where it was like almost like starting to get resentful for charging 5K, like in all the stuff I was giving, it was like, okay, I need to be char- charging more for this because this is getting exhausting and I'm starting to resent this work. So it came to that like line in the sand of, okay, I'm ready to go. And I feel like it became easy in a sense to sell it at 10 grand because the universe the whole time was like, yeah, we've been telling you, you can do this. Like, why weren't you listening to us? And so it was from that woo perspective, like in alignment, like it was that energetic alignment of, I felt really good. And I feel like that even in this like online world that we live in, like people can feel your energy and like, even through zoom and like the phone and on Facebook posts or Instagram posts, like people can feel that. So they could feel like my radiance coming through their phones. And oh my God, I want to work with her. And I had done the confidence work. I had done the visioning. I had done the inner work to match the external thing that I desired. Tell us a little bit more about the internal work and the confidence work and like maybe some of the things that you teach like in your programs or your one-on-one work that help like you that helps create that alignment like you have this Mm -hmm. desire you want to make this much money in your business or you want to do these types Mm -hmm. of things like what is some of that internal work or exercises or practices that you do or things that you teach your people confidence comes from choosing yourself I think that people falsely believe that confidence is when other people choose you and I don't think it's a conscious thing we're not sitting there oh I'll be confident when Sarah and Diana and whoever like say that I'm good at this. No, like confidence is an internal thing where you finally go F this I'm choosing myself. And that's what it came down to. Like, it's funny because I work with clients who literally have their doctorate in their field of expertise and still sitting there being like, I don't know. Can I really charge that? Can I really do this? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you were like the highest like level of like certification you can get and you're still questioning your expertise. Come on woman, like you have to choose yourself. And I think confidence is twofold. Is one, visualization is such a powerful tool. So visualize yourself. And I like to call it active visualization. So I had a client years ago ask me this. She's like, how do you do visualization? Do I do it in the morning? Do I do it in the evening? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, you should practice visualization actively. And what I mean by that is this particular client really struggled with showing up in social media. She didn't feel very confident. She felt like nobody liked her stuff. She felt like nobody cared, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, how do you feel when you go to post your stuff? And she explained, oh, like it's such a slog. Nobody likes it. I post it like blah, blah, blah. So the energy was not there. And I said to her, I said, next time you go to post, as you're typing it up, as you're about to hit like post or share, whatever the button is, I want you to feel like this is the best thing ever. Get into that active visualization of, oh my God, this is the most amazing post. Oh my God, I can't wait for people to see this. Oh my God, it's going to resonate so much with them. Like you believe it until you finally see it to fruition. Like you show up from that place. So, so confidence is that like internal talking to yourself, walking with yourself through it. And it's also action taking. Like, I think people think one day you magically feel confident and then you go do the thing. No, confidence comes from doing the thing and then you get confident. Like public speaking, I do a lot of it now. For a long time, I was very nervous doing it. Now, do nerves still come up? Yeah, but I know I'm a kick-ass public speaker. And so now I can do it confidently and be like, even if I'm nervous, this is still going to be an awesome workshop or whatever it is that I'm doing. So confidence is a mix of internal visualization and action taking before you feel ready. Because I like to say, if you're waiting to feel ready, you're never going to do it. You're never going to do that public speaking thing. You're never going to pull the trigger and and make your first investment, be it in stocks or real estate. You're never going to make that phone call to someone that you like and ask them out for a date. Like, (laughs) 
Like just do the damn thing. As Nike says, just do it. That's confidence there. Just do it. Just do the damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) What do you see as people like switch the energy as they take your advice? I know you've done it for yourself. You've done it for clients where you say, I want you to appear in that energy. I want you to put it out there. What do you see changes? What happens? This is the good news is, and going back to the fear, like poking the fear is that I have found that probably 99% of the people who do this, it works in their favor. So that's the good news is that once you do the damn thing and you get over the fear and you say, not even get over the fear, you let the fear come along, but just do it anyway. Oh my, like, for example, one of the women I was helping, she's an esthetician. And she does like lashes and brows and that kind of stuff. And she'd been wanting to raise her rates forever. She knew she was undercharging. And she was like, what if my clients like all leave me? And I'm like, some will leave, but a lot are still going to stay. And then you're going to be really happy because you're making the money that you want. And you'll probably get even more clients. Like, cause I don't know about you, but I don't want someone to be the cheapest person out there, like doing microblading on my eyebrows. So literally the next day she tagged me in the post that she shared, like, this is my new service menu. Please see updated pricing, blah, blah, blah. And boom, it was done. Like she was so happy. I had a client reach out to me this past Friday, who's a doula. She increased her prices. She was so scared. She got an email back from a potential client she had talked to a few days prior being like, we cannot wait to work with you. We knew instantly when we talked to you, like you were the one that we wanted to support us with our parenting journey, like blah, blah, blah. So she wrote me, she's like, oh my God, I'm in tears. I'm so happy. So the good news is, if you're listening, is the thing that you're really scared about, like most likely will not come true. And on the flip side of that, you most likely will feel so good and so amazing. And you'll be so proud of yourself. So there's so much waiting for you on the other side of that fear. If you just have that little bit of courage to go do the thing scared and all let the fear come with you, but just do it anyway. How does somebody who's like listening, they're like, so resonating with you. And I'm just like, yeah, I am. <laughs> they're like, okay, yeah, cool. So I just do it. Like yeah. literally like, how do they cross that barrier? This mm. fear has been a fear that's been walking alongside of them, molding their thoughts and their actions for 25 years, 30 years. Mm-hmm. How do they just do it? It's just good to do it. I would, I find that there has to be some sort of like accountability of some sort. And accountability can look different in many ways for many people and work differently for many people. So for me, for example, when I was scared, when I had been sitting on my butt for months back in 2016, not doing anything with my business, how I did it, it was like, I have this saying, action outruns the ego. Take the action before the ego can even catch up. So as an example, I started to get the inspiration back in 2016 for ideas that I would then talk myself out of. I ran before, like I said, the ego had a chance to catch up. So how I got my accountability was, I remember my sister's in network marketing and I was like, oh, I had the idea of like, I could do a workshop for their team on like money mindset and how to grow your business from like a money mindset perspective. And before I overthought of, okay, when would I do it? And what would I say? And how long would it be? And blah, blah, blah. Like all those things. I just literally texted my sister. I was like, Hey, do you want me to do a workshop for your team? And she was like, yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. Like, how about this coming Tuesday? I'm like, perfect. Done. Quite recently, there's a project I've been wanting to get done and I've been dragging my heels on it. It's like driving me nuts. And a friend of mine had this idea. She's like, why don't you pre-sell the thing? So it like forces you to do it. I'm like, damn, that's good. So she's like, yeah, pre-sell it like 10 places available to like pre-sell this thing. It'll be ready. I don't know. So like June 1st, 
so then that like me, I know like I have to get this thing done by June 1st. A client that booked in like one of those mini coaching sessions a couple of weeks ago, she literally said to me, she's like, I've been sitting on like my idea of getting out there and coaching and that kind of stuff for years. And I was like, okay, to your point of like, how do you just go do it? Okay. Break it down. What's one thing, you know, you want to do like one little thing. Cause it can be overwhelming. I want to do that. I want to do this. Okay. Just give me one little thing. In this case, she's like, you know what? I'd really love to do a vision board workshop. I'm like, perfect. Here's the simplest way to get your accountability. I said, I want you to post, be it Facebook, Instagram, wherever you like hang out with your folks. I want you to share. I'm going to do a vision board workshop next week. Like who wants to join? If you're interested, let me know in the comments. She wrote me literally this morning. Actually, I should screenshot it to save it for my own ego. She wrote me this morning. And she was like, Emily, I just had to thank you because I did my workshop this weekend and I had 16 people sign up for it. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't all like neat and tidy before she posted it. It was just literally like she did a post. I'm going to do a vision board workshop. Who wants to join me? I'll, I'll give you the link next in the coming days when I have it already. Boom, done. So if you can get some sort of skin in the game, so to speak, or like that accountability where like people are waiting on you, that's a really like sneaky way of getting action into gear. It challenges the vision. Like how much do you want it? Like you're going to keep making excuses. And the work I do with people, and we do really similar work in some ways. Like it's just, that is just another procrastination tactic. Stop it. You don't need a perfect website. You don't need a perfect sales page. You don't need to pre-create all the worksheets. Just get people into the program and build it while you're flying, baby. Yes, exactly. I've done that countless times. And I know for me personally, like that works so well is because if I start to get into all the overthinking, oh my God, I'm dead in the water. It just doesn't work. I just don't do it. Think back to what have I been successful in my life at and what held me accountable to it? Like I know like back when I used to be really great at running, it was because I went running with this like friend of mine every lunch, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we went for runs every lunchtime. If I didn't have that accountability from a human, you bet I wouldn't have showed up for those runs. Like I probably would have gone like maybe 20% of the time. So is it like a physical human you need to be like, do it with you where you say, okay, Mondays at 10 AM, like you and I, we're going to meet every Monday and like, we're going to spend one hour working on our book. If you have a friend who wants to work on their book too, like whatever it is, like, for example, this is, and this is just like a personal hobby of mine that I love, but sometimes I even get too lazy for it. So I know I need accountability is I love to paint. And I know that it's really therapeutic for me and like really meditative. What I do now is there's this group that I'm a part of. And once a week I'll post in there like, Hey guys, who wants to paint tonight? We just hop on zoom. We all turn ourselves on mute. We just play a nice playlist and we just paint for an hour. There we go. So that's another form of accountability. Zoom dates with people or in-person dates with people for that matter. Gosh, so beautiful. I'm really, I love this conversation and just like being able to like literally break down. How do you manifest the stuff that you want into your world? And how do you, you got to create the vision. You got to poke the fear. You've got to create the accountability to just do the action scare. Like so many like really beautiful calling out and calling us up and doing and acting. I think another big point was like acting like you are that vibrational match. You are that person before you're there. And then, okay, then what are the steps she does? What does she do? What does she do right now? And for everybody listening, like, I guess that's what, like one, like what could, what's one, and we've talked about a lot of things. What's one last thing or one last like practical thing you want them to do that they can do in the next 24 hours to step into that next level of wealth? What's a, an activity, an exercise, something that we could like wrap up this conversation around manifesting that you would want to 
you would want them to do. I love that. And in particular, before you even said 24 hours, I already had an idea in my head for a 24 hour thing. Oh, cool. So it's perfect. So there's a program of mine called the Rich Woman Group Program. And literally one of the first things I get them to do in this program is monitor their thoughts for 24 hours. And to help, I recommend most of us have smartphones of some sort. So on my iPhone, I could set an alarm for say 9 a.m., noon, 5 p.m., and maybe 9 p.m. So have a few alarms on your phone. And when the alarms go off, that's your reminder to literally get out either a notepad or maybe something on your phone that you take notes on and just write out what have I been thinking the last few hours? Okay. I felt, oh my God, I'm such a bad mom. Like I should have been more present with my kids at breakfast time. I shouldn't have snapped, whatever it is. And it's not to make yourself feel like crap, but it's just to reveal the common patterns that are coming up for you. And the cool thing with this is that I find what comes from it is you can see the pattern that you didn't know existed. So nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, I find clients are like, oh, I had no idea that thought of like, um, I'm so like, I feel so poor, <laughs> whatever it is. Like I feel so in lack lately, whatever the thought is for them or like, even if like health is their thing and they're like, oh my God, I feel so fat or whatever. It's just so mean to ourselves. When they take that kind of inventory of their thoughts, they get to really pull out of, oof, these are like the ones that are really stuck on me. Maybe take one or two of them from doing that inventory and then start to work on that. Start to turn that around. And it's not like you're going to turn around overnight. Say you are the person who says, oh, I'm not consistent or I'm in so indecisive, whatever it is. Say, let's use the decisive, the indecisive thing. So say what comes up for you is like, oh, I'm so indecisive. I can never make up my mind. I'm always spinning my wheels, blah, blah, blah. Maybe those are the recurring thoughts for you. Just take that one and then build, stack up the evidence against it following that. So I'm so indecisive. Okay. How am I decisive? How have I been decisive in my life? Right. I decided where to go for college. I decided what house to buy. I decided what, like, even look around the room that you're sitting in. What are all the things you decided on? I decided to date this person. I decided, you know, all the things stack the evidence in your favor that go against the limiting belief that's been like running through your head for so long, because I like to use the analogy of scratching a CD. Whoever's old enough to remember the days of CDs, right? <laughs> we're like the CD just plays and plays. And if you want to play a different tune in your head or a different thought, you got to scratch that CD. You got to interrupt the pattern, right? So you interrupt the pattern by first bringing awareness to it. Okay. This is the thought that's like running in my head and driving me crazy. Two, you got to scratch the CD and put something else in there instead. Play a new song, so to speak, right? What's the song you want instead? So I would do that as a real practical, like first step to this. It's just even become aware of your starting point with all of this. Emily, this conversation was just like gold. This is just thank you for just being who you are and a living example of somebody who walks the top. You teach it and you do it and you're an inspiration and you make it so practical and break it down and like accessible. Like we can all step into this next level. Thank you for prying me for all of it. Cause I know once you do something for so long, it can be like, oh yeah, you know how to do that. But then when you're like, okay, give up, give me, give me more. Give so. it to me. Give me an example. <laughs> Tell me a story. What can we do practically? People are going to be in love with you because how can they not be? So can you share where people can find you? Where can they come follow you? And if you have anything you want them to like download or I don't know, grab, just tell yeah, them all the so things. Go to my website, emilyking.ca. There's a few like wonderful little bundles of downloads there. So check that out. 
And then my Instagram is the same at emilyking.ca. So check me out there. Leave me a message. Let me know what you love, what you hated. (laughs) Not the hate part, but just the love part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Emily and I are both very relational. So she is going to actually, when she says, send me a DM, DM, she'll read it. She'll respond. And maybe what would be really fun for this episode is to send us like a group message to you and I. And say, what is the the one action that you're going to step into, like that you're just going to do it? I just think that'd be fun. So tell us what that is. Go follow Emily. Check out her website, all the goodies she has. And she has a podcast. Yeah, the Jolly Good Day Show. Yeah, so check that out. And it's like digestible nuggets. Like you, your shows are pretty short. So just pop it in, listen to it. Go conquer yeah. them. Boom. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, Emily, so much for joining us. This was a beautiful conversation. Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world, or gain more time back into your day? Your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.aaronbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.aaronbridgman.com.